heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today, and we are going to continue to talk about the topic of spiritual healing. Over the last uh, several weeks, we've been talking about this topic and trying to pull apart little segments of it and really dive deeper into each one of those. And over the past weeks, we've talked about agreements. Which, Al, can you help us kind of understand a little bit about what an agreement might be? Why do you always throw it to me first? You know I'm just going to mess it up. I mean, why don't you go to Robbie or why don't you go to Vinny? Why, why do you throw it to me? I'm just, I'm going to make a jerk out of myself. Well, thank you. That's a perfect example. Thank you for doing that. Thank you that. very much. Uh, that was. Oh, you'll be here all week. I'll yeah. be here. Try the veal. Yeah. The, that, that's Dip your a, waitress. <laughs> that's an example of an agreement. An agreement is something that I just choose to believe is truth. All right. The enemy will take that and, and present that to me and I buy into that in some way. And sometimes it's founded on little bits of truth that he takes and exaggerates and and makes it become something much more. And then from there, there are times we can have a vow. And and Robbie, I don't know if you can help us understand what a vow is, or I I can do that, but if you had someone ask, you know, what is a vow that you can make as far as spiritual healing goes or that interferes with spiritual healing, what what would that be? Often it comes on the backside of a wound, you know, where, you know, say you had a good friend that you really, really trusted, and you found out he went to the boss and, told him something that ended up getting you demoted or your pay cut or one, you know. And your response to that could be a lot of different things, but one thing that you could do is, and Satan would love for you to do, is to say, I am never going to share that kind of stuff with anybody ever again. I'm never going to trust another friend. Mm-hmm. And of course, once you've said that, your words mean a lot to, to the Lord. You know, this is something, and so now you've given Satan... Um, a foothold, a place to stand and say he've, he's got this against you that this is a vow that you made and your word stood for something and so now you're going to reap something as a, as a result of the vow that, that, that you made and hopefully we can break those. We talked about that last week that Jesus being our betrothed husband if we're in Christ can come in and break an agreement you know, per Levitical law that you know, with the and, get us out of some of the stuff that we got ourselves into that I know I have. Exactly. And I have as well that, you know, it's easy to kind of go from that agreement to an avow. And then there's something that can also kind of become even more entrenched in your life. And that's called a bitter root. Well, there's different types of bitter roots that we can talk about. We can talk about bitter root agreements, which is just something that's an agreement that's really rooted down deep. Um, bitter root judgments, Today we're going to talk about bitter root expectancy. And that what that really is, is when something's happened to me and I live my life as if that's always going to happen to me again. An example of that me might be when somebody uses the term, I'm just waiting on the other shoe to drop. Or Al, you said earlier, you know, something you used to think about when you get another job, what would, what would come to your mind? I'd be excited when it first started, but the first time something negative or... Um there were consequences that weren't necessarily fair. I'd say, oh, this is just like every other job. You know, I'm not going to last here. And I wouldn't. 
Right. Because I was looking for a way out. Right. There became this expectancy. Yeah. Uh, I know that uh, in my past, there's been ones that God's helped me uncover that I didn't even know existed. You just kind of live that way, not really even knowing that it's there. But we're going to go to a clip pretty quickly to help set that up. And it's a clip we've used in the past. But really, this is probably one of the better clips that ties into this exact thing. It's from a movie called The Backup Plan. And in this, Jennifer Lopez has decided to become a parent. And she goes and has, um, what is it, in vitro? I think is what they call right. it. And so she has that from a donor that she doesn't know who it is. And along the way, she, she meets somebody. And they start to have this relationship. Well, in her past, a part of her story, she's been abandoned by people that's loved her, especially men like her father. And so she lives with this expectation that this person who says he loves her is going to abandon her. And let's see how that kind of plays out in their story as they're having what seems to be a simple discussion and see where it kind of goes from there. What happened with your exam? I I was trying to tell you last night. What happened? I walked out of the exam. Why? I'm quitting school. Why are you quitting school? Because if I stay in school, I can only work part-time. And if I can only work part-time, I can afford all our expenses. I need to work, honey. I had no idea it was this serious. You're having a baby? I didn't know you'd been together that long. Well, well, yeah, they're not mine, but yes, we're having a baby. We're having twins, actually. What do you mean they're not mine? Well, I I didn't mean it like that. Why would you say that? I'm sorry, honey. I'm not exactly thinking straight. I've been up all night watching Orca give birth. I am such an idiot. I am so stupid. This is, this is not about money or that you can't afford kids. You don't want this. That's the problem. He always told me he didn't want kids. Why are you still here? That's it, isn't it? Really? After everything we've been through, you think I don't want kids? You really think that? That's what you just said. It's not what I just said. It's what you just heard. There's a big difference. I don't think you're ready for this. Now that it's all happening, now that you've seen a woman push a baby out, now now it's all too real for you, and you're scared. Yeah, aren't you scared? You know what I'm scared of? I'm scared that I'm gonna have these babies, and then you're gonna walk away. You're gonna say, they're not mine, and just walk away. Yeah, well, every day you're looking for some kind of hint that I'm leaving, no matter how many times I tell you that I'm not. I, I don't know what else to do. What else am I supposed to do? Nothing. So what are you saying? Just go now. I don't want to go. Go. This is crazy, Zoe. It's crazy. If you don't go, I'll go. (laughs) Wow. You know what? Just so you know, when you do the autopsy here, you better realize you have no one to blame but yourself. So, Robbie, as you, you listen to that, I mean, there's a lot of agreements there. And there's also an awareness from this guy that he's kind of telling her, hey, you have this expectation a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's really... He's experiencing something he doesn't understand where it's coming from. And, you know, for me to understand bitter roots uh, is kind of look at the opposite. That is a sweet root and that Jesus, when he told us to abide, I mean, we are the (laughs) branches. If we're getting fed as we abide in Christ, you know, from John, you know, 15, where I'm the vine, you are the branches. If we're getting fed from a sweet root, then we're going to get sweet fruit. But if we've got a root down in there that we have bit into this lie to the extent or our own judgment in this case, that this is what I am going to set up to think that this is, this is what's going to happen. Now I get this where I'm actually feeding on bitter stuff 
And I don't know if you've got that in your life. I certainly have it in mine where all of a sudden I know I'm just totally taken out of the game and just totally freaked out because I can tell that I'm not feeding any longer on Christ. I'm feeding on this bitter root. But the cool thing that I think that we can understand about these is in Hebrews 12, it tells us, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. That our bitter roots, because she has this expectancy about what he's going to do, she not only is messing up her own life in in this case to babies, but she is defiling him Mm -hmm. and bringing some of his stuff to bear because you know she's eating from this bad root yeah and they she this bitter root expectancy is another way of saying that is when i start to act in ways that make something happen right she acts in a way that makes what she fears most happen and it just becomes more evidence for the enemy of this is always going to happen Benny, I know that back in some of the stuff that you've done, you've had different careers over your life, but you've dealt with this topic of this expectancy that something's going to occur again, haven't you? Oh, yeah, many times in a a lot of different ways. Uh, I know you'd said something about like the inmates. Yeah, working working in in a prison, you're dealing with a lot of guys that have bitter roots, let me tell you. But... Uh, you stand there and you listen to them and as the years go by for them their bitter root becomes uh, they accept it more than they did at the beginning I mean when you go to somebody tells you you're going to be in prison for 30 years hmm, that's a bitter root to take you know but when you do 15 then the next 15 is not as bad Mm-hmm. if you know what I'm saying. And a lot of the inmates had that kind of a feeling. I had I had one inmate who was, oh, I guess he was Hippie Joe, they called him. He was about 42 years old, was in prison when he was 17. Wow. And never seen one day out. And he was one bitter man. Mm-hmm. and dangerous man because he was not going to get out because he had killed two people while he was in prison. So what were they going to do to him? So he was an angry man, and that bitter root just kept on coming out on him. You know what I mean? But uh, as I said, he became the most dangerous guy in the camp because he had nothing to lose. Let me ask you a question. Now, when they go part of the prison culture if they're not going to be there long term there's some rehabilitation there's some things that they can go through did you ever see where people had had some of that but couldn't get past the belief that i'm just going to mess up anyway and they end up there again i mean that's kind of what what happens to a lot of those prisoners isn't it they just get out and think life can be different but then start to believe it's never going to be different well of course i would say that most of them 80 75 percent of them feel that way yeah you know i had asked one of the cooks that I, when I was a supervisor in the kitchen, you know, you get paid a dollar a day. Okay? Uh, why do you want to be in here where you could go on? He says, let me tell you something, Mr. Menino. He says, I could do one stop with drugs or whatever it is. He says, and I'll buy a Mercedes. He says, and I'll buy uh, all the women I want. He says, I'm not bitter. 
Yeah, well, that was his word, actually. Isn't that funny? He says, I'm not bitter. So what? He says, I come here and I get rid of all my problems with all the lady friends. And uh, I don't know if I'm on the right track here, but there is such a thing as the bitter root turning into something that they expect and accept. Right. That that's the big big point with prison. They accept what it, you know, they have to go through. Absolutely. And, and that's not just prisoners. No, We're, no, you know, no. Christ no, no. came to set the prisoners free and we have these bitter roots that we believe in, that we think are going to happen, and we just kind of accept. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about that, how Christ can help us break through that, how he can break that free and set us free, and find out how we don't have to be prisoners anymore. So come back and join us. We have a great clip from a Disney movie to help with it. If you need more information, go to masculinejourneyradio.org about upcoming events. This is so exciting, Sam. We've got a men's night coming up for Masculine Journey Radio both August 9th and the 30th. We do, and it's at the Kernersville Community House, and you can look that up online for directions or go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org to get directions. But it's going to be a night where we actually record the show from there. You get to see some of the pre-show, some of the post-show, and really have some fellowship along with us. Come join the Band of Brothers, and it's free. August 9th and the 30th, 730 to 9 o'clock at the Kernersville Community House. There you go, in Kernersville. Masculine Journey Radio is listener supported and we are very thankful for every dollar. But I wanted to take a moment to share a really easy way that you can support us. If you use Amazon to purchase things, all you need to do is go to smile.amazon.com, which is their charity contribution site. And from there, select Good Heart Ministries to support. And Amazon will donate 5% of your purchase to us. To donate or watch a video on how to do this, go to masculinejourneyradio.org. That's masculinejourneyradio.org. Welcome back to Masculine Journey. We are talking today about this topic of spiritual healing and the things that get in the way of it. And today, specifically, we're talking about bitter roots and more specifically, bitter root expectancy. And that's really kind of living as if the other shoe's going to fall at some point. You know, I can't get too happy. I can't get too excited because, you know, I know that something bad's right around the corner. And then when something bad happens, you say, see, I know it was there. You know, for me, um, living it with, with whatever this fear of abandonment is, it's always been that when I get too close to somebody, eventually they're just going to leave, you know? And so you look for evidence of that. And there's times that you can act in a way that makes people want to leave, you know, if you're not careful. And that's really what we heard from that first clip was this Jennifer Lopez character in the backup plan. Just not only made, she didn't make somebody want to leave. She made them leave because of her fear that it was going to happen. And so she was going to control it. And if it's going to happen anyway, I might as well just force it to happen. And we got to talk a little bit with Vinny about how he saw that in the prison culture. And, and Robbie, you have a, a story that kind of goes along the lines of some of what we've been talking about, don't you? Yeah, when I was a child, my <clears throat> father had us come work in the car dealership and wash cars specifically. And, you know, he paid me but $30 a month and that would be to get up at like 7 in the morning and we often wouldn't get home till 11, 12 o'clock at night because I worked two shifts washing cars all day and essentially getting a dollar a day. Well, what happened there was I made actually a bitterroot judgment and that bitterroot judgment is my father is a cheapskate and I'm never you know, that, that, that this is but see, when you make a judgment against your parents, you really are trading on dangerous ground there because you know that 
you've given the devil a foothold whether you realize it or not. And that set up the bitter root judgment that I would expect that I would work hard and never get paid for it. And time and again in my life, I was finding myself in this situation where I had this expectation. I know I'm going to bust my butt on this deal. I know I'm going to work, 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 and I'm never going to get paid for it, but that's okay. That's just the way my life is. It's just what always happens to me. And, you know, I just developed, like Vinny said, that, that prisoner attitude. I didn't realize I was an imprisoned of my own judgment on my own father. But at one point in time, I started studying the, the spirit of essentially poverty and all this, and I started to think back to what this was, and God took me here and said, do you see what your expectation is here? You're expecting that you're not going to get paid. Does this sound familiar? And then we started going down that track where I could find where I had made that bitter root judgment. And so I was feeding on that root. Every time I was out there working hard, I was setting up my own expectancy that I wasn't going to get paid. And unbeknownst to me, I was defiling the people that weren't paying me to do the work because that was what I was expecting. And I wouldn't even push it because I knew you weren't going to pay me. I never get paid to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just really unbelievably wonderful to sit back and see this in my life and be able to go back and ask Jesus to undo this. To, how can I go back and repent from what I did and begin to unwind all these years and then not walk in that expectancy anymore. Yeah, I think that depending on what we're focusing on, we'll find. You know, whatever we're looking for, we'll find evidence of. And so if we're looking for these things that are going to be negative, these things that are going to be reoccurring, if we look hard enough, we'll find them or we'll create opportunities for them to occur. I'm going to go to another clip from, from a movie called Meet the Robinsons. It's a, it's a Disney movie really really good movie it's probably nothing that you would expect it to be when you first start watching it but it's really really deep in lots of ways but here in the story when we pick up there's a character as a young boy named goob who later becomes somebody else in the story which we're going to find out in this clip and he was a roommate in an orphanage with cornelius and so their life was kind of intertwined but when we pick this up uh, goob is an adult has come back into Cornelius's life, but somehow through the magic of time travel, Cornelius is still a boy. And so just listen to this interchange, but I want you to listen for the bitter root expectancies that Goob has both as a kid, when he's in the orphanage dealing with potential uh, parents that might want to adopt him or friends that he might have, or later on as he starts to focus on Cornelius in his life. How'd you end up like this? Well, it's a long and pitiful story about a young boy with a dream. A dream of winning a Little League championship. A dream that was ruined in the last inning. We lost by one run because of me. If I hadn't fallen asleep, I would have caught the ball. And we would have won. Do you understand? For some reason, no one wanted to adopt me. Whizkid Cornelius Robinson graduates from college at age 14. This year's Nobel Prize goes to a young Cornelius Robinson. Hey, Goob, what's up? Cool binder. Hey, Goob, want to come over to my house today? They all hated me. Eventually, they closed down the orphanage and everyone left, except me. 
Cornelius Robinson. Rebuilds inventor. Robinson. It's new name. Cornelius Robinson. Robinson. Cornelius Robinson is no Robinson. longer going to be working no, on it. Another it was then that I realized it wasn't my fault. It was yours. If you hadn't kept me up all night working on your stupid project, then I wouldn't have missed the catch. So I devised a brilliant plan to get my revenge. All that's left is to return to Inventco, where I'll pass off your little gizmo as my own. But you have no idea what that could do to this future. I don't care. I just want to ruin your life. Goob, I had no idea. Shut up! And don't call me Goob! How many evil villains do you know who could pull off a name like Goob? Look, I'm sorry your life turned out so bad, but don't blame me. You messed it up yourself. You just focused on the bad stuff when all you had to do was let go of the past and keep moving forward. Hmm, let's see. Take responsibility for my own life or blame you. Ding, 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 ding. Blame you wins hands down. <laughs> this is going to be the best day of my life. So, Al, I know you, you like this movie, but as you, as you listen to some of that, there's some different expectations or some agreements or some things that really has kept Goob, or whatever his name is, as an adult, the, the bowler, bowler hat man. Yeah. I think they call him, right? Uh, imprisoned, isn't there? Well, you know, as, as I was listening to the earlier clip, um, Luke 17 was coming to mind. I couldn't think of exactly the verse, so I had to look it up. But it, Jesus is talking about forgiveness. And he says, if you have the faith of a mulberry bush, you can tell it to pick up by the roots and move into the sea. And the mulberry, or the mulberry tree, but it's basically a sycamore tree whose roots go down just as deep as it goes up. And so, when we have a problem with forgiving, those roots are going down, and they're drawing from bitter water. And, you know, when Jesus says the faith to move a mountain, basically we're just sliding dirt. But to move a mulberry tree or a sycamore tree, you're talking about something entrenched that is incredibly hard to move and when you think of bitterness when you think of unforgiveness that's exactly where it's coming from when you listen to goob i'm sorry he doesn't like to be called goob but um (laughs) when you listen to him there is it is a lack of forgiveness and that's one of those things that we struggle with on a uh, regular basis i know when i look back and i was just sitting here thinking when i start thinking back on my bitter root agreements from the past it all came from a lack of forgiveness, holding a grudge, um, and, and stewing on it and not letting it go. Uh, you have that, and you also have this this lack of forgiveness can be focused on yourself. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to forgive myself, and that was young Goob's story. And that's even easier to do than blaming someone else. Because, you know, there's some truth in that. There's some truth on why I can't forgive myself because I was there when something wrong happened and i was there every time something wrong happened to me right the other neat thing i think is that if you ask jesus into that because i'm like anybody else i'm trying to figure out how to forgive my father for what i thought and as i began to really allow jesus to show me some stuff i realized wow my father did only pay me 30 dollars, but he gave me a lifetime career by teaching me the carpet and you know what he taught me and what i got as value from that was way more important than any money that i ever got and the ability to be with my father. And when I began to look through and see what really his heart was, 
not only did I get to forgive him, but I got to admire him and put him back in a place of honor where it was supposed to be and and not only get rid of my bitter root <coughs> expectancy, but get a better relationship with my father at the same time. You know, something that's so sweet about that and also so difficult, so often G- we'll, if we get Jesus to take us somewhere and we get healing from that, the enemy's going to try to take you back as though you it was there was oh you didn't take care of all of it you didn't get all of it but what did the clip say what did he say keep moving forward keep moving forward don't keep going back to the same thing you've got to let the past go i mean i think that's one of the biggest problems that we have in in this world today is that we hold on to the past so much that we forget that by walking with god forward just just being with our heavenly father and walking in in the two commandments that we've been given love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. When we do that, really we start healing and we don't think about the past. It's when we stop walking or we stumble in our walk that we start to think of these things. When we definitely, when we get held prisoner by the past. Oh yeah. You know, that's where that stops. I think there are times though, when you invite God into this as as Robbie talked about the first steps forward, will begin with walking with God into the past. And I was speaking more about when you go back again and yeah, again. Yeah, you recycle same. and you just keep right. You know, regurgitating that same stuff. And what God will do is he's going to take you back and he's going to write that back there so that you can move forward permanently. Right, walking that. with him. Absolutely. And so how do you how do you recognize his expectancies in your life? I guess what is it that you're expecting right now in your relationships, in your job, in other interactions, in your finances? What are those things you're expecting and are there certain expectations that keep coming up again and again and again? I expect that Sam's going to give me $100 after this show. You would be wrong. Every, <laughs> time, every show that it happens, you never give me $100. And it's not going to happen this show. Oh. And so that's a great so sometimes expectancy. Sometimes it's not a bitter root. Sometimes it's just not meant to be. And it could be reality. There's a balance yeah. there. Exactly. I, I think that when we start talking spiritually, though, what are those things that the enemy is holding you hostage with? never going to be that, that he's saying you're never going to be happy that you're going to be abandoned you're always going to be alone you're never going to be successful this job's not going to work out there's going to be something that comes up just like it always does. yeah that person's going to change and not be who i think they are today and, and if my employees are listening this is from the past not present i'm very happy okay <laughs> <laughs> and so as we talk about this the, the question would be what do i do with this like anything you invite jesus into it you say jesus i really don't know but maybe there's something in this topic where you can see a pattern. You can see this pattern of belief in your life or this foothold that you've given the enemy and you don't know what to do with it as anything you invite Christ into it. Because ultimately he has the authority to walk with you and break that. He has the authority to stand next to you and help you break that. So this week, why don't you let him come in? Won't you invite him in so that you can break these agreements in your life? See you next week.